0: But that's the biggest thing podcasting did for me. It let me sit down with 40 mentors, most of whom probably charged $1,000, $2,000 an hour for one-on-one coaching, and then have them share their life story, their journey, their process, and effectively coach me. Some actually did coach me live on the show. Some just shared their stories that guided me. But I got fifty, dollars $100,000 of free coaching, consulting, and training from bringing people on my show.
1: Before we start, I would just like to briefly say that if you have any questions about the podcasting industry that you want us to answer on an episode, please send us an email at ohmypod at podigypodcasts.com. Welcome back to Omypod. Today's guest is Michael Whitehouse, aka The Guy Who Knows a Guy. He's an author, and he's the host of three different podcasts, The Morning Motivation Podcast, The Guy Who Knows a Guy Interview Podcast, and The Neurodiversity Superpowers Podcast. In 2014, Michael came to Groton, Connecticut, knowing no one at all. A year later, after diving into networking with both feet, he was a major connector in the local community. In 2020, he went global and began connecting entrepreneurs, investors, speakers, and others around the world to people they need to know. He offers his services as a networking concierge, making connections and building strategic alliances around the world. Michael Whitehouse is the author of The Guy Who Knows a Guy, a book that shares his story of going from stranger to connector in less than two years. He discovered simple techniques to build a network in a new community that anyone can learn and shares them in the book. Today, Michael is a networking concierge. His clients hire him to make connections for them, which can be worth tens of thousands of dollars. Michael is available for talks and workshops on networking for beginners and advanced alike. This interview was awesome. We really dove into how podcasting can be used as a major tool for networking within a niche industry. And Michael knows a lot about podcasting because he started more than the three podcasts that we mentioned. He started more than that. So he really is an expert here. And he surprised us with his extensive knowledge of the podcasting industry. And um, yeah, I think you're really going to enjoy this. It's super valuable. Michael talked about a new program that he's developing. I believe it was called the Six Figure Networking Program or something along those lines. But uh, I would highly recommend reaching out to Michael on his website, which we mentioned in the show notes, if you're interested in learning how to build a network from scratch. Okay, Michael, welcome to Oh My Pod. Thank you. Glad to be here. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Anytime I'm on a mic, it's a good day.
1: Totally, totally. Yeah, we um, it's going to be cool to, to interview you. We've had, we haven't had anybody do what you do um, on our show yet, but I think it's a really good thing because your specialty is networking, networking of all kinds. I'd like to get into that a little bit because I don't know much about it. But podcasting we advocate for this all the time. Podcasting is an incredible networking tool and it's how we've built a lot of connections. Like you said, coming into a new community, talk about that in your book and everything too, like coming into a new community and having to start from scratch, building a network. Our podcast has sort of been like that for us coming into the podcasting community, meeting people like you, meeting people like all of our guests. Um, so, so yeah, it's going to be really cool, uh, to talk about about what you do, and i guess I guess you might as well just briefly I probably said something in the in the uh, the intro about it, but briefly tell us like what is a a networking concierge and and if I'm saying that right, <laughs> and what do you do like
0: in a day doing that well so as a networking concierge is one of the specific uh services that I offer, and that's basically done for you networking and originally, I just offered that, so i was meeting with people who were very successful. They had seven- and eight-figure businesses, and they wanted more joint venture partners. So I'm thinking, well, they know what to do with them. They just don't want to do the legwork to find them. So I'll just find those people, toss them right over, and everybody wins. And so I went out, and I found those people, and I tossed them right over, and they'd have a meeting, and nothing would happen. And I'd introduce another one, they'd have a meeting, and nothing would happen. Because I discovered that these people are very successful at what they teach and what they do when their funnels are great and all this. But there's a specific skill of building the joint ventures and closing the deals. Uh, so since then, I've actually launched a program called Six Figure Networker, which uh, there is. I still do networking concierge people who are ready to receive those introductions. But for a lot, they're like, "Yeah, I'd like to meet more people." It's kind of like when people say, "I need more leads," mm-hmm. and it turns out they don't need more leads. They need a better sales process. They need a exactly. better closing process or following process. But the first thing is, I need I need more, just more, more, more. So, Networking Concierge was the answer to, I need more joint venture partners. I need more connections. And then I realized, oh, they don't just need more. They need more than more. So, I have launched Six Figure Networker, which is about teaching everything I know about networking from the beginning, which is the philosophy and the mindset and how to think about it, to the tactics of where to do it, what to say, how to introduce yourself, how to do one-to-ones. And one of those things, actually checking, it's module number... Uh, Module number 12 in the program is podcasts as networking tools. I knew it. I knew you were getting to that. That's so cool.
2: (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Yep. But but actually, to answer your specific question of what I do, most of my time, uh, about half my day is spent, like, doing work stuff, you know, writing things and setting up things. Although more and more, I'm learning to delegate that to my team. So they do that stuff, and I just do higher level things, wherever my focus should be. Uh, but the rest of it is meetings. So uh, it's a lot of meeting people for the first time, meeting people to figure out how to collaborate, meeting people to make connections, getting on podcasts, being on summits. Uh, it's various variations on meeting people to make connections or deepening those connections to to work that. And and at one point, it was fully 20, 25 hours of my week was just meetings. Uh, I've since spread that out a little bit because I've now been able to focus in Closer, you know, the, the less you know what you're looking for, the more time it takes to sift through 100%. all of it. And now I've got a clearer idea of, okay, I need to meet you and you and you right now. Right. And really zero it in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that that's really, it's it's a mix of the administrative, you know, in the trenches work and then actually engaging with people. Very cool.
2: Yeah, that really resonates with us, I think, with what we're doing. I yes. think it's like, it's really mm-hmm. different on one hand, but then we're really doing the same Things like we're like currently, we were talking about like outsourcing certain things to our assistants and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes it's a little bit, a little bit difficult, but you know, you got to do it.
1: Yeah. It's if you're a bit of a control freak, it's hard to step step away from
0: things. And that is the key thing is accepting that 80% is more than good enough. Um, Exactly. Yes. And there's some things that I give it to my assistant. My assistant does it differently than I would. And I realize, oh, That's not the way I would have taught you. It's not wrong. And I look at it again and say, actually, I think it might be better.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's happened
0: happened to to us as well. For sure. Or or it's just as good. Because I got to the point with my podcast where I would do the interview. I would upload the MP3 files or the WAV files or whatever they were. Uh, I'd upload the headshot. And I'd say, Kendra, take care of this. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, poof podcast appears on the internet
1: oh cool so you have your assistants doing all the the behind the scenes for your podcast nice yeah
0: yeah Yeah, i I book the guests and by book the guests i mean i send them a calendly link yeah Um, calendly has all the questions in it so so when i book someone for my the only thing i have to do manually is get the get the headshot because i haven't figured out a way to put how to give your headshot. i mean I, i could ask for a link but most people don't have their headshot available to a url so the only thing I have to do is say, send me your headshot. Everything I've got their bio. I've got their links. I've got their free, whatever I need. It's in that Calendly stuff. So I look at my calendar. It says, 4 o'clock, show up. You're interviewing Justin. And here's his bio. Here's everything. Radio. So a lot of things you can automate now. Mm-hmm. So they're Absolutely. super simple. Oh, yeah. And then afterwards, I take that recording. and I say, Kendra, podcast this. Yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> and, you know, she goes into Canva and sets up the the graphics and goes into Audacity and does the, does all the editing. So Amazing. all I have to do is meet someone and say, yeah, you should be on my podcast. We talk for an hour or we book call for an hour. The podcast is shorter than that. Yep. And then Kendra takes care of the rest. And, and I th- – originally there was some thought like she said, do you want me to clean it up, take out the ums and ahs and whatnot? And I decided not to because – this form podcast is a natural conversation, and yeah, natural absolutely agree. That's yeah, what we, we say were just all talking time. about
2: that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we we leave all that stuff in because podcasting is a medium that it literally is supposed to be the most intimate form of medium or media mm-hmm. that that you can produce. And so, yeah. Yeah. why would you change the way that the conversation is flowing? Yeah, you we know, we talked
2: about this in the episode before this one, so that's really funny. No, actually, that's exactly. not true. Um, maybe. Actually, no, it's going to come out even before that. But yeah,
0: <laughs> that's the part. Yeah, it's the, the one like, that has
2: been recorded it's, before this one, but not the one that comes out before this one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: We, we, need, we need new tenses for <laughs> Exactly. Our yeah, yeah, 100%. Exactly. There needs to be a will, middle will to have, one. Yeah. Will to have been
1: done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so honestly, this is, uh, I, I love talking about like outsourcing and systems and delegating, but yeah. I really want to talk about. Um, Podcasting is something that you it seems like you've like just naturally gravitated towards and it's been like a huge uh core piece of what you do It makes perfect sense because you're literally your 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 whole uh program and everything is built around meeting people and and uh and networking and so that is what podcasting is especially if you're doing an interview show if you're not doing an interview show then it's a little bit different but mm-hmm. you do an interview show with um the the guy who knows a guy which will also link. Um, so what, what is your, and that's not your only podcast that you've done. You've done quite a few. So what have, what has podcasting done for your career?
0: Uh, yeah. So good and bad. I mean, you said quite a few, so I'll start with the bad. It distracted me. Um, cause I was like, <laughs> Ooh, I can start another podcast. Ooh, I can start another podcast. Yeah. Cause, cause actually starting a podcast, if you don't overthink it is not difficult, especially, you know, I use captivate.fm yep. and and the charge there is per account, not per podcast. So when I was on Libsyn, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to get another podcast. I got to pay for it. And then I got to pay to keep it up. Not on Captivate. Captivate is just new podcast. Canva, graphics. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. And at one point, I was running five podcasts. And suddenly, I was like, wait, why? Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? So the, the big advice I will give to everyone for all reasons is uh, my favorite of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Begin with the end in mind. Why the heck are you doing it? So that is very that, good advice. That took me a long time to be like, why am I doing this? Now, I have some podcasts. Like I did the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast um, because you, you'd never know it, but I have ADHD. I'm, as you can tell, I hide it very well as I answer your <laughs> questions in six different ways. Uh, uh, I did the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast, but that was meant to be a limited run. I wanted to make a point and be able to say, look at that podcast. That proves my point. See these 25 really cool. successful Neurodiverse people? Point proven. I don't need to record more episodes. It's done its thing. That's really cool. Um, but the the bigger picture, to answer the question I think you're actually asking of what podcasting has done for me, is when you're networking, just generally, the the biggest picture is somewhere in the world, there is some human being who can say yes to the thing you want, whatever it is. There's someone who could hire you for a million-dollar contract. There's someone who could invite you up to the International Space Station. There's someone who could – you know, hand you a fleet of fighter jets. There's someone who could do anything you want, whatever ridiculous dreams you have. So if you knew that person and they liked you enough, they could do it for you. Starts with, you have to know them. And then you back it down to how do you get to know them? Well, if you knew someone who knew them, you could probably be introduced and get to know them. Well, if you knew someone who knew someone who knew them, you could probably be introduced to get introduced to know them. So that's kind of the, the basic concept of networking is figuring out who you can, you know, how you can make these connections. And then of course, when you're meeting someone, you want to always be thinking about how you can help them. So it's not just like, you, you can do things for me, so do things for me because right, of course. doesn't work well at all, Yeah, um, which I should touch on, but it's not – it's its important but not salient to the answer I'm trying to give. Um, so you're trying to get to those people and get to the people in the right communities, the people who have the right knowledge, connections, resources, and the ones that you can be of service to because if you're good at a thing, then you're going to make more for the people you can create the most value for. Yeah. If I can be a networking concierge for someone who has a $100,000 business versus a networking concierge for some of the $10 million business, I'm going to – if I could increase both businesses by 10 percent, one of them is willing to pay me a lot more for that because 10 yeah. percent is a lot more the bigger one. Yeah. So the power of podcasting is it lets you skip some steps. You see, if you reach out to someone, if there's someone you want to meet and you reach out to them and say, hey, I'd love to talk to you, let's get on a one-to-one because I really think I could help you and I think we could collaborate in certain ways, they may say no because, you know, how many cold outreach do they get? They may say, well, what did you have in mind specifically? And you may say, uh, well, since we haven't met yet, I don't actually know. And they'd be like, all right, cool, thanks for calling, bye. But instead, if your approach is, I have a show that specializes in the space you're in and I would love to get you on the show to share your expertise and your your knowledge and your value and and you know how awesome you are because I'd really love you know it would be so exciting to my audience to get you on this show most people or many people are going to say oh yeah I'd be happy to do an interview an interview is kind of like a one to one that you record and broadcast to an audience.
1: Yeah, exactly. And in
0: two hundred episodes of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, would you like to guess how many of those guests asked me how big my audience was?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I heard yeah. you say this zero, right? Zero. Yeah, yeah zero. I heard you say
0: that on the other that show? Yeah, hilarious. No. And I, I actually talked to I, I talked to Rob Goyette about this. I can't remember if it was on the air or off, um, but I'm sure it would be okay with me sharing this. But I, you know, I talked to Robert Rob Goyette, the inventor of laser coaching. And, okay. and we were talking about, you know, getting on, when you're a bigger name, getting on a smaller show. And, and he's like, yep, yeah, even if you have 20 listeners, maybe one of those listeners wants my $20,000 program. Right, yeah. that's all it takes. And what's it cost me? 30 minutes talking to you. Yeah. I might want to talk to you anyway. Exactly. But the is... pod, yeah, the podcast oh, gives that credibility and it guarantees they're not wasting their time. Right. Because yeah. cause if you get on the worst podcast ever, but it still gets published... And the, the host is disorganized <laughs> and confused, and you never want to talk to this guy again because there's no networking value there. At the very least, your voice is still on the recording, saying things, probably offering your free gift at the end, and it went to the internet. Yeah. So, and also, if you're a good speaker and you're on with a bad host, you sound amazing. Of course. Because a professional speaker can carry a comparison. Interview. Yeah. Um, so people are going to listen and be like, "Wow, that was so nice of you. You're so humble to come on that show." Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I heard you on the I, I heard you on the the X Y Z show, which that was an awful show. But you were a great guest. You really stood out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so it creates that opportunity. So so for a host, even a, a better known host, or not host guest, if for even a better known, you know, more famous person, famous coach, something like that. Um, even they might want to get on a podcast that's lesser known because you never know who you're going to reach. Of that's how you, how you reach that audience that you've never heard of. And right. there's no work. Right. Because right? if you're if you're a bigger name, there's no expectation of promotion. Um, Absolutely. I mean, if you do, great, but if you don't, whatever. So you come on, you hop on Zoom or Riverside for 30, 40 minutes, you pontificate, you share some things, you sound smart, you get a host saying, wow, you're really smart, which is <laughs> That's the other reason people love being on podcasts, because you get a host whose job it is to make you look good because you looking good makes them look good. Yeah. And you just get to share stuff and and pontificate to an appreciative audience and then walk away and never think about it again. I know. So being a guest is awesome. So being a host means you can provide that experience. And then if you do it well, you can then leverage that to I'd love to follow up in this way or connect on this or whatever because – You just spent 30 minutes learning all about them and their stories and whatever. So now you have that leverage, not leverage, that information on here's how we can work together. I see where the opening is now.
2: Yeah. Right. I remember when we started out, sorry. I remember when we started out, I was like so impressed that certain people would say yes to come our show because we literally had four episodes and we just started out and we get this – insanely cool person on our podcast and i was like oh my god this is so cool and they just agreed to come on and i'm like this is the best thing ever
1: (laughs) yeah so everything that you said people people like they like to give back too right like people people who who are incredibly successful find it really rewarding to teach the things that they've Mm -hmm. learned along the way that's like part of yeah
0: and that's what happened with my my third season uh i got to a place so I think you mentioned a little bit. This is my my backstory, but I've I've come from zero to networks twice. Um, first, it was in southeast Connecticut, knowing nobody and just starting to go to networking events. And and that was just ignorance on fire. I didn't know how to do it. I just met people and, and I'm like, how can I help? Well, the only thing I have is a network. I guess I'll make connections. Yep. Three months later, you're such a connector. <laughs> really? I am. OK, all I, I, I do I is am. introduce people. Neat. Uh, and suddenly I'm the super connector who just moved into town. Then when I went online in 2020. I took the same skills, knowing what I was doing more, brought it to the online coaching world and the online business world. And so I, I got into some of these events, which are amazing opportunities, things that would have been you know $5,000 for a ticket plus flying out somewhere for a week yeah. that I could get in for $150 bucks and meet all the same people. So I'm meeting these people who have, who have multi-million dollar businesses. They're fabulously successful. And I'm thinking... I'm pretty well-spoken. I'm probably as well-spoken as they are. I know a bunch of stuff. I think content-wise, I may know as much as they do. But they're a lot, a lot, a lot richer than I am. So there's something they have that I don't, and I want to know what So I said, season three, the focus of this show is... is The two opening questions on my show were, what makes you awesome, and how did you do it? Yeah. And it's amazing. Nobody can answer the question, what makes you awesome. It freaks everyone out. But... (laughs) But I, right. I would bring people on and just say, "What makes you awesome?" And they yeah. pause and then be like, "Okay, well, it's this." And then like, "How'd you do it? What you? What's your secret? How'd you do it? What's your process formula?" Mm-hmm. And the the ways people answer were totally diverse. Some people just shared their you know their talking points. Well, I'm a coach and here's the strategy I teach. Others are like, "Here's my life story." Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Neurodiversity Superpowers podcast came out of an interview I did in that series, but just understanding. I, I learned what mindset is because people always talk about, you got to have the right mindset and vigilate. that never made sense to me until I did 40 interviews and 36 of them had a common element of I was in a bad place. Right. Mm-hmm. I changed up here mm-hmm. and then I was in a good place. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, explain the transition. And the crazy thing is you can't remember a previous mental state you can remember about it you can remember like i felt happy i felt sad mm-hmm. i was you know something like that but you can't rem- actually remember what it was to be in that state because because right. you it's, it's the operating system mm-hmm. you don't remember the operating system you just remember what it created so i tried the more i tried to drill into like what happened there the more they'd basically they wouldn't even say i don't know they they wouldn't understand the question because it's yeah. a, it's like who were you in that moment it's <laughs> not there yeah um and so that's when I discovered that the there was a transition that nobody can explain what it was, which was both enlightening and frustrating because mm-hmm. it gave me the answer. I know what the answer is, and nobody can actually, actionably tell me what it is, and I won't be able to tell anyone what it is when I've gone through it either. Yeah, But it, totally. it let me know what the other side looked like, so I could eventually – and I, you know, I couldn't even tell you when I transitioned to this, but I did finally do it. But that's the biggest thing podcasting did for me. It let me sit down – with 40 mentors, most of whom probably charged 1000 thousand, two thousand $2,000 an hour for one-on-one coaching, and then have them share their life story, their journey, their process, and effectively coach me. Some actually did coach me live on the show. Some just shared their stories that guided me. But I got fifty, a $100,000 of free coaching, consulting, and training mm-hmm. from bringing people on my show. Oh,
2: yeah. That oh
0: yeah, there's another... I have no doubt
2: in that. But I know that a lot of people do, like they doubt it. Yeah, but that's
1: that, yeah, happening. That's, that's actually, that's another thing that that podcasting does is it's like a it's your one stop shop for personal self oh, development, business yeah. development, everything. It's it's mm-hmm. so much knowledge. Like even right now, there's things that you're saying. I'm taking them in, and then I'm going to say the things to clients down the road because mm-hmm. I learned them from my podcast, right? Yep. Yeah. Of so course. yeah very very cool um you're like you're you're the perfect guest for this moment because a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is stuff that we're also thinking about in our business in our lives and i'm sure that um well funny enough like this podcast is mostly for coaches so and it seems like that's exactly um who who you're an expert at at working with and talking to and yeah um
2: I think, yeah, just the value that you can give to coaches is incredible, even just by talking on here. It's crazy. So important.
1: Yeah. Um, And I thought you had said then after after your interview, uh, after you bring somebody on the show, then there's an opportunity to do some type of follow-up which may lead to some type of partnership or, or you being able to help them, you being able to work with them. So one of the questions that I have for you was talking about... How you monetize a show, even mm-hmm. with a smaller audience, and I think that the the answer lies somewhere in that interview to follow up section. Um, so, do you want to go into that a little bit more of like how yeah. do you how did you monetize your podcast?
0: Yeah, so so first off, to give full credit, everything I know about this is uh, or not everything, but much of what I know about this is I've learned from Phil Palucha, uh, who is the host of Billionaires um, Billionaires and Boxers. And he has probably forgotten more about than I know, but I knew enough to, cause you know, he, he teaches actually, you know, process a system and, you know, have, have this, I'm not so good at processes and systems, but it builds relationships and that tends to lead to something. So the better way to do it that I don't would be to have, you know, have a, like at the end of the interview, we're going to do this, this or this, depending on how it went. And, and I'm going to have these questions. These go, I don't have that, but it's a good way to do it. Um, but it it opens up that conversation. It begins the relationship um so that so one thing that I do, which is is key to everything, and I recently it recently became clear to me how crucial it is and how much I need to start talking about it, is the way I use email marketing. Now I'm putting marketing in quotes. Um, because it is the tools that people use for email marketing. You could do this with MailChimp or Constant Contact or Kartra or whatever. But no one would look at what I do and say, oh, that's email marketing like everyone else. Because what I was doing, remember I said that half my day used to send meeting people. This was about 15 to 20 meetings a week. Um, That event that I went to that led to the season three of my show, I came out of it with 84 appointments on my calendar. So, no, 50. Sorry, 50 appointments. I exaggerate. It's not 84. It's only 50 appointments on my calendar. Sorry. I don't want to lead your audience astray. Uh, so, you know, and then then each of those would lead introductions and more and more and more. And after that, it was after that event, I had to learn how to constrain, not expand, my my calendar. But so, I'm not going to be able to do follow-ups to 20 people. I'm not going to be able to reach back out to 20 people three months later when I meet 20 more the next month and next month and next month. So So I thought, well, what if instead i put them on my email list but i don't want to put them on the kind of email list most people use because then people get mad you know i networked with you and now you're putting me on your pitch spam list i don't want that so i thought how can i write an email list in a way that people will say oh thanks for adding me to this this is really good stuff so i thought about what do i do on social media i don't pitch on social media for the most part i teach i share and, you know, oh, I had this idea, or this thing happened, or I was on this show, or or I just learned this thing, or I watched this video. I do the same thing on email. So on my email list, which originally I think was twice a week and then three times a week, and now I send seven a week, 37% open rate. Um, so people will take daily emails if they're valuable. And I send out valuable content. It's not like I sit down like, okay, the plan for August is going to be, and we're going to talk about email, and we're going to talk about podcasts, and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. It's, I wake up in the, sometimes I'll plan a few days ahead. Sometimes I'll wake up and be inspired by something and I'll write one email. I'm like, this is going too long. And then I'll stop it and I'll write a second one, a third and a fourth. And I'm like, this is a week's emails. Oh, I get it. That's cool. I just riff on a theme and start writing. Um, But it's, it's not necessarily a plan. It's simply, I'm going to share what I know. Share me, my story. Sometimes, like, here's a picture of me and my daughter going to the museum, and here's something you might find interesting. Here's something that's cute. Here's something that's funny. Um, Often, it's just stories with a moral of some kind that have some sort of lesson in them. So with that kind of email list, people usually don't mind being added to it. So at worst, I have someone on the show. Nothing really comes of it because I don't follow up per se. We have a little conversation afterwards, see what happens, but nothing happens. But nothing, you know, nothing proceeds. And then they end up on the email list. And through the email list, they get to know, oh, oh, you do this. Oh, I didn't know you did that. Oh, you did this. Right. Uh, the Morning Motivation podcast. So my other podcast is a two to five minute daily motivational podcast. And I've had people sign up for that. So they got off my regular email list, but they stayed on the announcement list for the for that podcast. And then six months later, they said, and this actually happened with the, with the first networking concierge client. Um He reached out to me after one email and said, hey, let's get on a call because I I think we could work together. I'm not sure how, but let's see what we can do. And through the email list, they get to know me Mm -hmm. over time because that says that the very busy people, the kind of people who I want to get on my show, don't have time to listen to it. Yeah. And that's a challenge with an interview podcast is the focus is the random potluck of guests the host has on. Yeah. So an interview podcast, unless you are super picky who you're getting on it, is more about the guest than the host, which means that the kind of people that you want as guests probably don't listen. And that's That's okay.
1: very interesting, Um, yeah.
0: But email is much more accessible. You can read an email in four minutes, two minutes if you're fast. You can skim it in one minute. Um, You can read the first three paragraphs in seconds decide if you want to read it. Right. Uh, Very few people read every one of my emails seven days a week. Yeah. But – it, it, it gives people different ways to engage with me other than just the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast is valuable because as the guy who knows a guy, what's my most valuable aspect? Well, it turns out I have a number of them. But one of them is my network. And wouldn't it be cool if you could just tap into my network without even having to talk to me? Oh, look, right. a menu of people I know, my podcast.
1: Right. So
0: so it, it, it's powerful in a number of ways. Um, but the first thing is just it gets you into the conversation. And... Um, And and so, you know, it gets those things started, and it gives you a way to give. Now, I I also run virtual summits, so that's another stage I give, but people love being platformed. Mm -hmm. You can put them on a stage in front of an audience, and it doesn't matter if the audience is five or 50,000, it's an audience. Yep. And so when I invite people to come speak on the summit, when I invite them to speak on the podcast, whatever the stage is, uh, that's one more way they're like, wow, that Michael is such a great guy. He put me on a stage. Yeah, totally. Or three stages. Uh, And... And all it takes, you know, you set up your Captivate account or whatever thing you're using, Canva to make some graphics for it, and Audacity to record it. It costs $19 a month for everything. Now, you can get fancy. I I imagine looking at your microphones in front of you, they are probably fancy and expensive microphones. This is nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know exactly. Yeah.
1: I, we the only reason I bought this one is because I also use it to record <laughs> vocals for singing, so okay, yeah. it's it's the it's the
0: upgrade. But yeah, um but I have yeah, the cheaper like, one.
2: I have the cheaper version yeah, she, of his.
0: Yeah, which well, is well, so also, the, the other thing I'll say is like you guys clearly know how to use them, you got them up close and whatnot. Yeah. The thing is the cheaper microphones have wide catch a wider area. Yeah. And have less knobs on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The more expensive microphones are more, you know, laser focused. So you know, someone could sneeze next to you and you won't hear it. Yeah, but it picks you up perfectly. But if you don't know how to use it and configure it, I've heard people, uh, I've had people come on my stage who have you know really fancy microphones and they turn their head and you get know, this thing going on, and they turn their head back and it gets loud and they turn their head in. Yeah. because yeah. because they're they're too far back. You know, this this microphone I'm I'm 18 inches away from it works yeah. fine because it's designed for that. But if you've got the really good ones, they're supposed to be very up close. Yeah. They're supposed it's, to, it's, know, it's particular. Yeah, yeah, they're very sensitive. And so people say, okay, I'm going to buy the $200 microphone. So I sound great. But you don't sound great. It's like going out and buying a Lamborghini. <sighs> if, you, if you aren't a great driver and you're like, I just got all this money. I'm going to go out and buy a Lamborghini. You're going to wrap it around a tree in two miles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You don't know how to drive it. That's hilarious. So, yeah, so, yeah. So you don't necessarily need the, the fancy stuff. And sometimes you don't want the really fancy stuff. Oh, 100%. Yeah.
2: I get yeah, that.
1: There's, yeah. And, and if, if, if that's going to stop you from doing something like podcasting, that you're getting overwhelmed by not having the right stuff, then definitely do like what you said. Like just go and just get out yeah, there, of and course. Get your feet mm-hmm. on the ground. If you want to upgrade later, go upgrade later. But the message is more important than the quality of the audio. So the, definitely. The first,
0: the first nine episodes of my podcast, which sound pretty decent, were recorded on the native microphone of my cell phone. Really? Put the phone on the table. And now I put it on something to separate it from the table. So you didn't hear too much. Actually, no. The, if you listen to the second episode, which I don't know if that's even, you can get it anymore. But this is the second episode. It picked up everything. And I was interviewing at the guest's house. And we were on wooden chairs. Oh, so you yeah. heard. <laughs> urgh, urgh. It was like a <laughs> sailing ship. Uh, yeah, we just heard that's these hilarious. And of course, the mics don't pick things up quite right. So it didn't sound like wood. It just sounded like tick, 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 tick. tick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, you know, but but that's a matter of any uh, most mics would have picked that up. But most the interviews, yeah, were done just with the phone and single track recording because it was just the microphone in the phone and yeah. yeah. You know, you, you don't need fancy video for TikTok, you don't need fancy audio for podcasts. Um what you've got in the in your pocket computer is often totally enough agree. to get started
2: oh yeah totally i know agree. that a lot of podcasts just record on their phones especially if it's mm-hmm. solo podcasts yep. i think a lot of them just record yep. whenever like even while driving and stuff
1: and phones are getting better at that too oh so of course It's not like that's going to stop working um for the the last thing that i want uh you to touch on is just sort of some piece of i mean there's been a lot of actionable advice and mm-hmm. i wasn't really sure exactly what to expect like if if, uh, from our, from our interview, I didn't know it, like how much you would, um, how much knowledge you have about the podcasting industry. It's like, it's like, you know, more than us, which is amazing. <laughs> so super pleasantly surprised. I wanted to get into network and all that stuff, but you know, so much about podcasting. This has been awesome. There's been so many things in here that, uh, that I think coaches can can use and take for for their shows. The last thing would be like, you've launched a bunch of shows now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, whether it's one tip or a few tips or whatever comes to mind what are some like actionable things that people can be aware of when they're starting a podcast from scratch they've never started a podcast before they've never had a, they've never like used a microphone recorded their voice whatever and they're just hopping in here and they see that you've started a bunch of successful shows and so what would you say to them it whether it's mistakes they shouldn't make or things they should do or whatever what do you, what would you say
0: so for for the A very early starter. Uh, So the first thing I'll say is that all this knowledge about podcasting comes from networking. I meet lots of people. I learn lots of stuff. So when you approach life with curiosity, Mm -hmm. you learn a lot of things. And it's super interesting because people love to share. Like I haven't studied podcasting. I didn't read podcasting books. I I think I read three chapters of one podcasting book. But I I didn't study it. I just kind of met people. And I I like talking. That helps. If you don't like talking, it's going to be tougher. (laughs) So like talking that's the first one <laughs> yeah yeah so, so be good at it. yeah be good at it and yeah. It. yeah but so if you're not comfortable speaking then you get comfortable by practice i was once shy on stage what broke me of it was that i got some some immersion therapy through being a rocky R picture show director for three years that's so i crazy. was live on stage i seeing the show about 150 times plus performing as usually rocky uh and are so you serious yeah yeah once you my, wear my, the gold speedo that'll that, that'll my, lose my it right my, up.
1: my mother's a, an opera singer and she runs a a uh production company she puts on musicals and she put on mm-hmm. rocky horror picture show for seven years in a row and so i know i know a lot about that show yep. that is hilarious i would have never expected that
0: nobody <laughs> expects the spanish Inquisition. i mean nobody expects my background yeah 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 I, I, that's I, yeah, I, I launched a game store straight out of college. I ran a Rocky cast. I founded a sci-fi convention. Um, but that that's how they put it there. It's, yeah. it's get in and do it. Uh, and so I did it. I, I had a good reason to do it, and that's what got me into it. But even if you're less extroverted and you don't want to run around on stage in a gold Speedo, <laughs> you can practice in ways you could never practice before. So most people hate the sound of their own voice. They don't like how they look. It's because they're not used to it. You can desensitize that really easy with modern technology. Yeah. So the exercise is simple: you pull your phone out, you point at your face, you put it on video mode, you hit record, you talk for a minute, and then you watch it. And do this every day for hundred days. At the end of a hundred days, you will speak better. You will like how you sound at better, mm-hmm. and you'll actually sound better. Of course, but you'll be more comfortable with it. So when you go back to edit your podcast or listen to it again, it's not like oh I can't not listen. Cringing. I sound so bad. Because if you think you sound so bad, why are you you on the public? <laughs> so get get comfortable with your voice and how you look and uh, and you know your expressions and whatnot. and then you'll notice when you start listening to self, you'll notice your filler words. you'll notice those yes. things you keep saying, your yeah. awkward pauses that you ramble and repeat yourself mm-hmm. that you look away from the camera, those kinds of things. So that that would be my first exercise is is just hit record, talk for a minute. Hit play. You can then delete it afterwards. You don't have to post it or let anyone else see it. Yeah. I, I did this exercise going live on Facebook a hundred for a hundred days in a row, which sort of mm-hmm. the next level when you're a bit more comfortable is go live so other people can see it. It's Facebook. Nobody actually sees Facebook Lives. The yeah. deliverability <laughs> on it is nearly zero. But it it could be public, so it gives you that exposure. Right. So yeah, just get out there and do it and and get comfortable with it. Uh then the next thing I'd say is don't tell anyone how small your show is. Don't tell anyone how new you are. Not that you're right. hiding it. If somebody says how many episodes you have, on oh, I only have two. But don't reach out and be like, hey, yes, I've got a new podcast. Mm-hmm. It's not really refined. It kind of sucks. I don't <laughs> like it that much. Do you want to be on it? Which is sort of what some people <laughs> do. Instead, you know, I'm launching a podcast. And it's okay for the theme of your podcast to be, I don't know anything about X. And I'm bringing people on who do. Right. Yeah, curiosity. Um, approaching yeah. everything with curiosity, like you said, and, and the audience loves that because if they don't know anything about X either,
1: it's perfect. Then
0: you, yeah, then you, you are their together. surrogate. Yeah, because uh, because people are always wondering, what are you trying to get out of me? What's your angle? You know, are you are you trying to get me on there so you can pitch me? Are you trying to get me on there so you can you know hit me with whammo questions? You know, Joe, so you can hit me with the hard questions. Like, what is your angle in this? And if the angle is I want to learn from you, and I think the audience does too, and I'll probably, you know, all the things an audience brings. Then a lot of people are like, all right, that's cool. That's going to make me look good. I'm okay with that trade. Uh, You don't need to explain what the value is. They know. But they want to know what is the point. So if you're saying the point of this podcast is I want to learn how the electrical engineering industry works, so I'm bringing electrical engineers on to talk about it, then they'll, they'll be like, all right, yeah, I get it. That sounds fun. Whereas, you know, if you try to be like, oh, yeah, I also know a lot about electrical engineering. So, you know, i are just going to talk about electrical engineering, you know, two electrical engineering guys just talking about electrical engineering. Yeah, there's and, no story it, there. Yeah, th- but they're also going to feel like, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, n- now all of a sudden you've got to look like the expert, too, because you're the host of the show. You don't have to be the expert to be the host. Right. You just have to be the host to be the host. You are a platform for for that. And, you know, if you listen to any professional or Professionals, wrong term, but uh, media interviewer, uh, you know, TV, radio, etc., as opposed to podcast interviewer. Yeah, uh, most media interviewers, they are a canvas onto which the guest paints. Right. So it's not about their personality, except for the the Howard Sterns and the Joe Rogans, the ones who they are a personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, when when Diane Sawyer. <clears throat> interview someone or Barbara Walters interviews someone, it's not about what they're saying. It's about what they are getting the guests to say. Right. Correct. But it's all about the guests mm-hmm. in that case. And that's a, that's an easier way to do it. Like, in this, this is where I'm having a conversation, you know, about podcasting, networking, I know about podcasting, networking, um, you're talking about, I'm talking about, people are learning from both of us and for your show, you don't just want to be background. You would totally. want people to hear, you know, hear your voices and that, you know, what you're talking about and and your thoughts And that's it if you listen to my podcast the first episodes i talk eight percent of the time the right. later episodes i'm talking 35 40 percent of the time of course right. so uh, and actually with the new season when i relaunch my podcast it's probably going to be two to one solo episodes to interviews oh cool yeah mixing it up yeah because you know now i know some stuff now and now you have to knowledge share to share and, you know yes. now, now I'm offering a program, you know, six figure networker where I'm teaching this stuff, so I want to use the podcast show. Hey, guys, I know something. want to learn more come into my program, right, proving then, your expertise now, yep, but then yeah. also having guests for the reason that we have guests to build those relationships and all the rest. Mm-hmm. so yeah, I
1: love it. I love it all, and yeah me um, too I think th- I think the last thing that we want to hear is what do you what do you want people to do with this episode? Where do you want them to go? Is it this new program that you're that you're working on or is it your podcast like where do we where do we send all
0: of our lovely people so they should go to guy who knows a guy.com we'll link that because whatever i'm doing is there because i might (laughs) be doing something different by the time you listen to this who knows um but what you will quite likely find on there is a sign up to get the power five networking tips which is my book the guy who knows a guy distilled into a single page really Uh, Oh, that's I, interesting. Yep, you get the PDF of the book also, but I find most people don't read PDFs of books; they do read single pages. So yeah. I was like, let's distill this down to something actionable and not like, here's a hundred-page book. <laughs> yeah. Totally. totally. Um, but yes, and, and that will also get you into my email community that I mentioned earlier, where you'll be, you'll hear from me, you know, what I'm doing and my stories and and jokes and educations and. <laughs> Promoting, you know, sharing what my partners and friends are doing and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, guywhoknowsaguy.com is the place to find it all. And uh, someday my wife will help me with the site because right now it's what I made and it's sort of a jumbled pile of things. It's kind of like, yeah, here's a table to pile of things on it and you can sort through yourself. Uh, as we Perfect. speak right now, that's what you'll find. But you can find it. There's buttons. There's a big form. So <laughs> it's out yeah. Um, it, it is not what marketers would call a well-designed website, but it is clear enough so you can get what you need from it. Amazing. Totally.
1: Yeah, sounds good. So it sounds like if if anybody wants to learn more about networking, uh, this is this is where you should you should go. The email sounds like a great idea too. I I'd, mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good stuff that yeah. we touched on. Um, it's perfect for our audience, and um, yeah, I hope I hope that. Well, like you said, like our the point of our podcast is to it's for us to learn from you, and for our audience to learn from you. Even though we are what whatever quote unquote experts in this industry, there's still. Mm-hmm like like any industry there's there's all sorts of little nuanced things and there's things that are changing and new things all the time and so super valuable for us i'm sure it will be for the coaches and the people listening as well and we will link that below we'll link your website and i think that's everything thank you for yeah, thank you so much and, and that was so fun and yeah, yeah was that was great 40 minutes flies by seriously I- I look forward to having you on my show. Yay. Yes, we are recording
0: later today.
1: Yeah, in like an hour and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of podcasting today. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Okay, thanks a lot, Michael. Thanks for your time. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
1: Before you go, I'd like to mention two things. First of all, if you enjoyed the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This really helps a ton. Second, if you want us to produce your podcast or want to inquire about Podigy's services, or if you have any questions that you'd like to see answered on the show, please send us an email at ohmypod at podigypodcasts.com.